Thank you for joining us for a Kingdom Thoughts conversation with one of our founders on Insight Now. You can watch live streams on Facebook and YouTube. We hope that you enjoy the conversation. Hello, hello. Uh, welcome to uh, Insight Now live stream. Uh, I'm with you today talking about truth in transition, hanging on to truth and transition. Uh, if you're here with me, I see a couple joining me so far. Great to have you. Uh, it's always an honor to get to talk with you. Uh, please do comment. Uh, I'll try to, to watch your comments as, as you go. Um, that always enriches the experience. So um, if you like what uh, you hear, feel free to share with a friend. That would be wonderful. Um, but just going to jump in here pretty quickly. Father, I ask for your blessing upon this word in Jesus' name. There's something stern in my heart, guys, about truth. And I just want to go after this thing of truth. I think it's really significant. It always is, of course. Um, Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life in John 14, 6. And so, of course, truth is always significant because truth is the person of Jesus Christ, you know. So, um, but there's something now, I feel very much a twisting of truth that's going on sort of in the airwaves, so to speak. And the reality is, is that seasons of transition often afford the opportunity for the twisting of the truth, a twisting of the truth. And in those seasons, all the more we have to be about the truth and hold on to truth in order to come through the transition, despite the twisting of the truth. And so let me just share some scriptures with you today, a little bit of context. And what I want to do is I want to talk about the reference frame of the truth. I want to talk about reconciling truths. And I want to then do a little bit of an impartation time where I'm actually going to just read some scriptures about truth over you and i actually believe it's going to release an impartation for recalibration of truth which i believe is divinely powerful in this season in particular because there's been a wearing down of the saints as it relates to the truth so let me start here jesus as we know was baptized by john in the jordan in matthew chapter 3 and uh, when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water and behold, the heavens were open to him. And he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove in landing or alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And then as we know, the next verse is John chapter, Matthew chapter four. And it says, then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. How many of you know this was Jesus's season of transition? Just as the Israelites were in the wilderness for 40 years to transition from Egypt into the promised land, Jesus was in transition in the wilderness for 40 days to transfer from the call of God on his life into his ministry. And in that season of transition, there was a tempting. Let me say that again. In the season of transition, there was a tempting. If you're in a season of transition, there will typically be a tempting that comes in that season of transition. And the tempting will always do with the twisting of the truth because the word that the Lord spoke over you that brought you into the transition will bring you into your promised land if you don't depart from it. You gotta keep that word in your mouth. You gotta keep that word in your mouth. Hey, Chris, I love it. You gotta keep that word in your mouth, but there's a twisting of the truth that's looking to go after that word that God gave you. And so the enemy comes in Matthew chapter four, we read, and everything is a twisting of the truth. God tells him, you're my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. 
apart from his actions. And now the enemy tries to get Jesus to twist that truth or to agree with the twisting of the truth in order to now try to act and earn that sort of sonship. You understand that the twisting of the truth was to get Jesus off of track as he was stepping into his promised land. I recently shared at church, I believe, a word that God gave me. I was praying for a message, and I read Exodus 14, and a verse came on me. And when I read it, the presence of God seemed to just overwhelm me. And I really believe this is a word for many of us in transition right now, but also for our nation in transition. Listen to me. As they stood at the Red Sea, Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace and you shall hold your peace. Often in prophetic circles, people talk about the spirit of Leviathan and the idea is the Leviathan spirit tends to twist communication, tends to twist communications. Particularly, there's this idea that the Leviathan spirit is in the water at the points of transition, at the Red Sea at the point of transition, at the Jordan River at the point of transition. And that twisting spirit wants to twist the words that are meant to bring you into your promised land. And so in seasons of transition, it's so important that you can hold on to the truth. Now, notice something. In Matthew 4, when Jesus is tempted in a season of transition, what does he do? He recites the written word of God. Let me say this again. He recites the written word of God. We need truth in transition. And the reality is that often our emotions are not so trustworthy in transition. Because in transition, what happens is the normal mile markers of our experience are taken away from us. When the Israelites were to cross over the Jordan, God tells Joshua to instruct them to stay back from the Ark of the Covenant because the Ark of the Covenant needed to lead them far enough ahead because, quote, they had not been this way before. And so when you're transitioning, I'm telling you, often your emotions will lie to you. You don't know the mile markers in this new, new season. And so we need to rely on the written word of God in those seasons. So here's what I want to talk about. I believe that there is an assault right now on truth. There probably always is, but I'm saying there's an assault right now on truth. And I want to talk about reference frame, reconciling truth and recalibrating to truth. I was recently talking um, with someone in some consulting type capacity, and I was talking about workflow. You know how you have a workflow in your day and, um, you know, if you've ever been a boss of anything or a manager of something or a leader of any sort, obviously people come to you with questions and they need solutions and you're helped um, to serve them in that, which is great. But one of the things that leaders can struggle with is if they don't kind of act proactively as a leader, what ends up happening is they spend their ent entire day troubleshooting other people's questions. Uh, which is fine, except that now their entire um, job experience as a leader is viewed through the lens of other people's problems instead of sort of having their own workflow that people's problems can kind of come into. I don't know if that makes sense. 
My point is it's a question of reference frame. You can't have a good workflow as a leader unless you have a proactive reference frame that you cause other people to come into. Otherwise you end up sort of schizophrenic, always dealing with everybody else's thoughts. And I feel like many of us have had clogged processors in this season because yeah, Chris has got it. You're either gonna lead or react, amen. You're gonna lead or react. And when I was a new believer, I had been an evolution major and the, one of the men that was discipling me, you know, knew that I was struggling between, you know, evolution and the word of God in this. And he said something so profound. He said, how about this? Why don't you allow science to interact with the word of God instead of forcing the word of God to interact with science? It's a question of reference frame. What's your standard that everything's getting compared against? If my standard was science and what scientists say, and I'm comparing the word of God to that, that's not the same as having the standard as the word of God and causing science and anything else to have to be compared to that. And we all know that, you know, if you want to train someone to, to find counterfeit bills, you got to give them the standard of real currency, and then they'll see the counterfeits very easily because the counterfeits don't stand up well to the real thing. And one of the things that I think that we struggle with in the body of Christ at times is we think that all of these things can be reconciled. You know, you've got a friend who says this and you've got someone on Facebook who says that and news media that says this, and they're saying all these different sorts of things. But the question, of, the question is, what does the word of God say? And what we've got going on sometimes is we think somehow all these things can be reconciled. Have we forgotten that there is such a thing as a lie? Have we forgotten that some things are just lies? We know from the word of God that the enemy is a liar. I'm going to just read from the Gospel of John, chapter 8. Jesus said that a characteristic, to lead we have to clarify truth by immersion in love. I love it. Jesus said a characteristic of his disciples is that if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The truth shall make you free. Now he goes on to say, Jesus, in the same section of John chapter eight, why do you not understand my speech? And he says, because you're not able to listen to my word. You're of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources for he is a liar and the father of it. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Which of you convicts me of sin? And if I tell you the truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears God's words. Therefore, you do not hear because you are not of God. We cannot presume agreement. You cannot presume agreement. Now, we are called to love, speaking the truth in love. You never speak the truth apart from love because the only purpose of truth is to create liberty, right? Jesus came to set free and to emancipate. And so you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. And so when we share the truth, it's not an issue of trying to be right. It's an issue of trying to love. When we share the truth, it's an issue of trying to love. When the Father speaks the truth to us, it's his kindness that leads us into repentance, right? And we pray for people that they come into a place of repentance and to see the truth, uh, not just about who Jesus is, but also all these things he commanded us that we're supposed to disciple nations with. Why do we want people to see the truth so they can walk in liberty? 
the glory to glory experience of a believer. You disciples are going to abide in his word and they'll know the truth and they'll become progressively and progressively and progressively and progressively more and more free in their lives. And yet somehow we can get into this spot as believers, somehow thinking that all truth, so to speak, can be reconciled. And what happens in these seasons of transitions is little lies are inserted into things and we can lose our bearings. And so what I want to do is I want to recalibrate us to the truth. I want to recalibrate us to the truth. This has just been so blessing me for a couple of days for my own sake. I've been studying truth. So let me just read some scriptures over you. Um, you know, and this is not about even you watching me at this point. This is about even just letting the word of God bathe over you. And I'm going to read what the word says about truth and just let this minister to you. And I'm actually planning pretty much to, to take this through the end of this live stream today, such that even you could listen to it again. I think I'm going to listen to it again to let the word of the word of God about truth wash over us. And I'm praying that as I speak and believing that there's actually going to be an impartation for a hunger for truth, a hunger for truth in any of us as believers, we our hunger for truth. Our hunger for the word can wane. It's just natural. It happens like that sometimes in the enemy of our souls against us being hungry for the word. And so I'm believing right now that there'd be a hunger for truth, a hunger for that reference frame to lead your life and also to help lead others. So I'm going to jump in. Psalms 25, 5. Again, just enjoy the word here. Lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. On you I wait all the day. Psalms 25, 10. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth to such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. Psalm 31, 5. Into your hand I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me. O oh Lord God of truth, God is a God of truth. Psalms 33, four, for the word of the Lord is right and all his work is done in truth. Psalms 40.10, I have not hidden your righteousness within my heart. I have not declared, I have declared your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your loving kindness and your truth from the great assembly. I have not concealed your truth. I have not concealed your truth from others. Oh, send out your light and your truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me to your holy hill and to your tabernacle. His truth illuminates. For your mercy reaches unto the heavens and your truth unto the clouds. Teach me your way, O oh Lord, and I will walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. Somehow walking in his truth relates to the fear of the Lord. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Mercy and truth go before your face. His countenance is mercy and truth. Psalms 91, four, he shall cover you with his feathers and under his wings, you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield. His truth shall be your buckler. His truth shields us. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. God's truth endures. Psalms 108.4, for your mercy is great above the heavens, and your truth reaches to the clouds. His truth reaches. Psalms 119.30, I have chosen the way of truth. Your judgments I have laid before me. 
Psalms 119, 142, your righteousness is an everlasting righteousness. Your law is true. Psalms 119, 151, you are near, O Lord, and all your commandments are truth. Psalms 119, 160, the entirety of your word is truth. Listen to that again. The entirety of your word is truth, and every one of your righteous judgments endures forever. I will worship towards your holy temple, Psalms 138, and praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth. His, we, his truth is worthy of praise, for you have magnified your word above all your name. Happy is he who has the God of Jacob for his help, Psalms 146, whose hope is in the Lord his God, the, the God who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, who keeps truth forever. God keeps truth forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord gives freedom to the prisoners. Proverbs 3, 3, let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. You've got to hold on to truth. Proverbs 8, 7, for my mouth will speak truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. I'm just going to post Chris's comment here. Truth often battles the deception within. Our emotions have to align with truth. Learning to delight in him will ground us in his truth. Yes. And that's what I'm praying for, Chris, is right now that these it would cause a delight in him and a delight in his truth. Proverbs 12, he who speaks truth declares righteousness. Listen to this again. He who speaks truth declares righteousness. He who speaks truth declares righteousness. When you speak truth, you're actually declaring righteousness. Proverbs 12, 19, the truthful lip shall be established forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. When we speak truth, it actually establishes our life. Proverbs 12, 22, lying lips are an abomination to God, but those who deal truthfully are his delight. We can delight God by dealing truthfully. Proverbs 14, 22, do they, do they not go astray who devise evil, but mercy and truth belong to those who devise good. Speaking truth actually devises good plans in your life. Mercy and truth preserve the king, and by loving kindness, he upholds your throne. You can preserve your, <clears throat> preserve your promotion with truth. Proverbs 29, 14, the king who judges the poor with truth, his throne will be established forever. And then this one, Proverbs 23, 23, buy the truth and do not sell it. Also wisdom and instruction and understanding. You know, there's always these questions about what stocks to buy and what season, what the market's looking like, what transition is happening, what change is occurring. You know, the only constant in some ways when people talk in a secular way is change. You know, this idea that somehow things are going to stay the same doesn't happen. God, of course, is the true constant. You understand that. But things aren't going to stay the same. And people buy certain stocks at certain times. They sell certain stocks at other times. They try to figure out what stocks are the right stocks to buy at certain times. And then there's Proverbs 23, 23. Buy the truth and do not sell it. You understand the truth is always in season. The truth is always in season. God's truth is always in season. It's always the stock to buy. Buy the truth and do not sell it. Also wisdom and instruction 
and understanding. Man, isn't that good? God's truth is so powerful. And I want to tell you that there's wisdom in the abundance of counselors. We know that, you know, knowledge uh, is wisdom is the correct application of knowledge. There's wisdom in the abundance of counselors. But who's our counselor? Holy Spirit. And so when we get in the word of God and we listen to the word of God and we allow Holy Spirit to interact with us, not only will we have the knowledge of God and the truth of God, but we'll know how to walk that out. We'll have the wisdom to apply it. So I just want to bless you today. If you're in a season of transition, I want to encourage you to do what Jesus did. You know, how could we think that we are more capable than him? Do what he did. Speak the written word of God. Don't, don't get hung up in your emotions. Don't lose your reference frame. Don't allow what others are saying, well-intentioned or not, to be your reference frame. Don't allow the media to be your reference frame. You got to be kidding me. I want to encourage you to make the truth of the word of God your reference frame, especially in seasons of transition. When you're standing at the Red Sea, when you're standing at the Jordan River, when you're being tempted by the enemy in the wilderness, when God has given you a word, he's faithful to perform it. Don't let go of it. Make that your reference frame and make everything else have to interact with that. Amen. All right. Well, I bless you in Jesus name. And I thanks, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, it's been a privilege to have you here. Again, uh, feel free to like and subscribe. Uh, click the bell. Uh, as we say, and uh, just want to thank you again for watching. Thank you for joining us today for this conversation. You can follow us, like, subscribe, and share out any of these episodes on Facebook, YouTube, and anywhere you listen to podcasts. For more information about us, you can go to insightnow.co. Have a great day.